2: What's going on, DMV? You know who it is. Youngest in charge movement. Linnell Willingham. Here with you live and local on 106.7 The Fan. And always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Ride with me for the next hour. Sprint edition of Overtime. We got Westwood One's coverage of Thursday Night Football coming up. And to be quite honest with you. Talked about it earlier today with the rooster, Chris Russell. I literally, I literally have no idea why Chicago is on Thursday Night Football again. So when the schedule makers made the schedule this offseason, I think there was an assumption that Justin Fields would be healthy. People thought this would be the year he took the leap. None of that's happened. Or as our guy Rick Snyder would say, No, 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 no. (laughs) Justin Fields not making the leap, but uh, Chicago uh, in action. They'll take on the Carolina Panthers. Bryce Young in that offense trying to right their wrong, so to speak. It has been tough sledding for Frank Reich and company. Thomas Brown being handed over the play calling duties about two or three weeks ago, and they've made strides since then, but we'll see how many real strides they've made tonight uh, on Thursday Night Football. I'm sure we'll hear plenty, plenty about Thomas Brown. We'll hear plenty about Frank Reich will hear plenty about Bryce Young because the game's probably going to stink. right? Two bad teams, two anemic offenses. Shout out Tyson Bajit, who I was calling Tyson Bignette <laughs> on Sunday. I don't know why I wanted to turn him into a Frenchman. Bignette, Bajit, same difference. Stud quarterback from Division 2 Shepard uh, getting the opportunity to man this Bears offense while Justin Fields is on the shelf trying to uh, get better. That finger ailing him and as we look ahead uh, at Chicago and Carolina, we don't really got to look ahead to Chicago and Carolina. Let's, but let's stop kidding ourselves here. Enough about Thursday night football. Uh, we'll touch on a lot before we get out of here. These hour-long shows always they trick me a little bit. Is how I always say because you know how I get. I'm passionate. I'm energetic. I love to wear it on my sleeve about certain topics. When you only got an hour, it's kind of hard to do that. We'll we'll go through a bunch of different things. I want to start here, and first of all, shout out to. My big sis Candace Buckner over at the Washington Post just does phenomenal work. And she probably has the best story in a really long time here in this area. Uh, If you saw the quote tweet for tonight, me me teasing the show, I told you we talk about the most impressive man in the D.C. sports scene right now. And he doesn't play for any of the professional teams. Plays over at the O.H.U. Howard University. He's a bison. Joshua Strong. His resume, ladies and gentlemen. When I when I first read the headline for the story, it, it makes you go, oh, wow! Like this kid. No way. This isn't the story of the country right now. Yet alone the main story here locally, because we can't stop drooling about the commanders. But this is this is the type of stories I love, man. The headline, the headline reads, or this is how it was promoted earlier. Uh, from Dan Steinberg. He said, Joshua Strong graduated high school with 58 college credits. <laughs> Let me just repeat that, right? Mike Moore that probably resonates with you and me in particular, because we are the youngest in charge movement. He graduated high school with 58 college credits. Got his degree in two years. His degree, ladies and gentlemen, his bachelor's. Got his bachelor's in two years. Traveled to Morocco. And this is the line that really gets me. He now and I, I got this from reading the story, he is, unless the research is wrong, and it's a tough stat to try to find, he is the second player to be a full-time law student while being a Division I athlete. He is the starting point guard for the reigning Miac champs, the Howard Bison, led by Coach Blakeney. And th- this story, to me, is the best thing locally right now. I feel like it should be the biggest thing nationally Uh, I'll retweet it out on my Twitter. It's at N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P for you all to get the details on this thing because I don't want to read the story in its entirety, but Candace just does an amazing job outlining the day-to-day that this young man goes through, the the academic challenges that he has to deal with, as well as being a starting point guard at one of the most prestigious universities uh, in all the country. So shout-out Joshua Strong, man. I definitely – Made it a point of emphasis to kick off the show tonight talking about him because I've I've never seen anything like it, man. And knowing what it's like in today's day and age and all the distractions that you can have as a high schooler to get fifty eight college credits in high school, bro, you're doing the damn thing, man. Big silly. He must have taken all the APs: AP Psych, AP Dude, Human Geo. I'm like, man. Oh. If there, there's probably nothing Joshua Strong can't do, uh, and I wanna, I wanna. Properly promote Howard. They are actually in action tonight. I believe it is their season opener. Let me go to the Howard. The uh, the the Howard men's basketball Twitter page. They got Georgia Tech tonight. So they're out in Hotlanta taking a road trip. And uh, we're getting to see Joshua Strong and company in action. 7.30 tip off on ESPN+. Plus. But definitely wanted to tell you guys about that. Because I feel like it's quite literally... The best story in the area. Another local story that really has got my attention. I pestered my high school football coach for hours this morning trying to get him to come on the program. I'm not sure uh, if Johnny kicks Allville shouted out the old fighting Magruder Colonels playoff game tomorrow. Round two uh, of the Maryland State playoffs. Mike Marr, you know I love history. First time in the history of Magruder, who has got some pretty damn good graduates in his athletic program. First time in history that the program, the football program will host playoff games in back-to-back weeks. So shout out Ray Fowl in the Fighting Magruder Colonels, ladies and gentlemen. Definitely love that. J. Mar Jones and company. Marcus McCready. Lo- love, love everything they're doing uh, out at Magruder. They're in action tomorrow night. One of those things that I put on my checklist for tonight's one-hour sprint that I said, you know what, I got to touch on it. I got to talk about it. So shout out Ray Fowl and the Magruder Colonels. They're in action tomorrow night. Trying to keep the playoff run going, and it hits home for me a little bit different, because if you're my, my my Montgomery County folks listening right now, no matter which age demographic you're in, during my entire existence on this planet, it feels like our high school football program at Magruder has been the laughing stock of the state of Maryland at, at some points. Man, I tell the story all the time, Mike Moore. I don't know if I've told this story to you before. I wasn't the greatest football player, but I was, you know, got recruited by some D two schools, some D three schools. I single handedly, this is selfish of me to say, but it's true. I single handedly won a football game four to two. You've, it's sometimes like a soccer score, doesn't it? Yeah. How'd you manage that? Four to two, I believe. I got held in the end zone, and then I I forced the a, a, had a strip sack that was recovered by the opposing team. Those are the things that Magruder was in the headlines for back in the day. Things like that. There was a scandal we had prior. So, like, the the transformation of this program, it, it hits home for me, man, because I know how dedicated Ray Fowle is to the craft. I know how much it means to him. And for all the folks out there who don't understand the importance of high school athletics and the importance of, even if your team sucks, the importance of that high school football has on you. I was always told, growing up, man, these these high school football years that you have, cherish them. You'll never get them back, no matter how high of a level of football you play at. You'll never get those high school memories back. <laughs> Clearly, I'm talking about it still to this day. A 4-2 football game that I won. I remember getting blasted 63 to nothing. I've, I've suffered the worst losses, and I, and I've had some pretty cool wins. But all in all, I think the story of the 2023 Colonels, to me. Perseverance and showing that, hey, you get to re you get to write your own history. You get to write your own story, so to speak. I believe Ray Fowle has been the coach there. This is year seven for him on the job. Made I believe they've made the playoffs in four of his seven years, so he's doing the damn thing. He's got the program turned around. I'm damn excited about that. Also uh, I wanted to shout out the Colonels as well. <sighs> I'm doing double duty. It was on with Chris Russell earlier today on the team 980. Always good sparring with, with the Rooster. Mike Mark, thinking of everything that's going on right now in the D.C. sports landscape, from a professional standpoint, what do you think me and the Rooster got into it about?
1: It would normally be the Washington Commanders.
2: No. Know? Yeah, see, exactly. It would normally be. It would normally be. Those Wizards, man. We got the dub in Charlotte. Don't no sleep just yet. Zardos, man. Yeah, we got into it about the Wizards and... I guess we'll take calls on that at some point here tonight. We're with you till 7.30. If you want to tap in and touch on the Wizards at all, because I know it's a commander's-dominated town, 1-800-636-1067 is the number. I tweeted it out in the show preview tonight. There's, first of all, as Mike said, Wizards catch the dub last night in Charlotte. I hope no Wizards or anyone within Monumentals listening to this right now. I said it earlier, and I believe this. They're tanking, right? And I gave... Credit to Ted Leonsis for coming out. I believe it was last week or two weeks ago. Basically like apologizing to the fan base for being stuck in the middle for so long. Not understanding and not having the the wherewithal to say, you know what, the middle's the worst place to be. Let me just tear it all down. I think I told this story the other night. It seems to be so much friction within the Wizards fan base right now about one... Is this a tank or a retool? Two, folks are already got their panties in a wad about Jordan Poole and how he's inefficient and how you're having buyer's remorse. We're seven games into the season, ladies and gentlemen. Trying to trade off people and fire coaches after seven games. Leave that to me. That's what I'm known for, y'all. Come on. We can't move like that. But when I look at the Washington Wizards and What has gone down through the first seven games of the season? I said it earlier today. Last night, just because it was the Hornets doesn't mean I, I don't care about what happened. I had the argument earlier with the Rooster. Their problem, obviously, we know defense. They don't guard anyone. Washington right now, 28th in the NBA in terms of points allowed per game. They're first in points per game, though, so hold tight on that. Last night was probably their best defensive performance of the year in terms of uh, energy level, effort. And yes, it's Charlotte, who is not the most talented team in the world, right? They're another team that's really in a similar situation as Washington in terms of trying to, you know, bump up their young talent and really retool. I don't like using the word rebuild because I got verbally spanked about that earlier today, so I'm going to learn my lesson. But when you look at what the Wizards are doing through seven games and why I was so impressed with last night, 132-116 winners, Charlotte, this is the big thing for me, and I'm not a box score warrior, but certain team stats to me matter, they held the Hornets to 8 of 25 from 3. I understand Charlotte shot 52% for the game, but when you look at the volume of threes that Charlotte put up and where Washington has struggled defensively over the last couple of years, the fact that. There's an emphasis on perimeter defense. It's huge, and you can tell, right? In terms of like guys' effort level in the NBA, the NFL is. They all, I was always been told it's dangerous to question any pro athlete's effort because you don't want to you don't want to disrespect the craft. These dudes are doing this to feed their families. I understand that, so I try not to question effort. But we know at times we've questioned the effort uh, of the Commanders' defense. At times for the first seven games, I've questioned the effort of the Wizards defense. Last night, though, there was none of that. Kyle Kuzma going Kanye crazy, 33 points, 13-24 to 24 from the field. But like I said, it's not even really about what they did offensively last night for me. I thought the ball pressure from the opening tip was good. Denny Avdia, I think, spearheads the defensive culture that Washington's trying to instill. And I understand Denny's a young player, only in his third year, still developing. Just got rewarded with a nice payday, so... <laughs> there's a reason for that. I think he's one of those guys that may not ever be your leading scorer, but in terms of trying to establish a culture, he plays hard night in and night out. He's going to give you maximum effort on the defensive end, and when you stand at six foot eight and can pat the rock the way Denny Avia can, there's definitely offensive upside there for him as well. He's one of the guys that I think is going to be responsible for turning around Washington's defensive culture. Their first-round pick from this past June, Blau Kulibaly. 30 minutes last night. Only scored six points, but has the third highest plus minus on the team at a plus 23. He's locking in on the defensive end. I'm going to call him a stat sheet stuffer throughout the season. He's normally going to tally something in his rebounds, assists, blocks, steals every night. Last night wasn't much of that, but you saw his effort on the defensive end. That's probably the biggest focal point for this team moving forward. To me, this year is about the development of the young cats, Denny, Kispert, uh, Blau, right? It's about the development of those guys. And then I said it at the beginning of the season, can Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole take another step in their game? And it brings me to Jordan Poole. 3 of 12 last night. He hadn't shot the ball particularly well from the field in the first seven games. But, but, I'm not ready just to trade Jordan Poole away. People are going, Buck, wow, talking about, oh, Jordan Poole's gonna ruin the culture here for DC. Jordan Poole stinks. I can't wait for the trade deadline to get him out of here. He may get moved at the deadline, but don't. It's not fair to try to pile on a guy after seven games and make season-long assertions and, and assumptions after seven games of play. It's, it's ludicrous. Yeah, he's taking some bad shots. He's a young player. He's got immaturities just like the rest of the guys on the Wizards roster do. So yeah, chill on, chill on Jordan Poole is how I would put that. See a couple of guys on the line. We'll, we'll take calls if you want to give any thoughts on on the Washington Wizards. Mo, how are you, my man? Can you hear me? Yes, sir.
3: Oh, okay. Is, is Jordan Poole your new Chase Young, bro? Is Jordan Poole uh, my
2: come on?
4: Don't I, do me
3: like that. Because I heard your I heard your rant with Russell. First of all. Uh, Bernie Bickerstaff is better than Wes Unseld Jr., bro. Like, Wes Unseld Jr. Has now, got I, to ain't, go. I ain't
2: arguing that. It's not about, this was not about Wes. This was about, first of all, you heard earlier, Rooster tries to argue that this group isn't tanking.
3: So, I don't, so, okay, so it's hard for me to say they tank because they really do play hard, right? But the do Wizards over... I don't
2: know, Mo. You watch a lot of hoops, bro. Real. They don't play it's hard I on I I I
3: watch, I watch a lot of hoops, I'm telling you. It's, it's the Wizards over's has been uh making my Christmas uh, shopping with list like really like I've been really hitting on these ones, for real. Like with his over. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But uh, Jordan Poole, right, he comes from a from from a, a culture where Steve Kerr get, has given him the green light. Like, I think he is better as a two guard, right? Um but I think he's I think he's better coming off I think he's Reggie Miller. You understand what I'm saying? Like ball screens like coming
2: off screens, like, like I don't just know, open. though, man. Because if you if you watch him in Golden State, man, he gotta had a rock in his hand. I think that's where he's at his best. But I do think but, if he adds that portion to his game, he's special. But that's a lot of damn running, Mo.
3: But but in Golden State, he was coming off pin downs. He was coming off floppy actions on the yes. side. You see what I'm saying? He had to rock when he was, uh, you know, uh, uh, replacing Steph or whatever. Uh, you know, coming off the bench or whatever. But for the most part, for real, he was really like just action. You understand? Like coming off ball screens or whatever. Like, like, uh, so, so, let me, someone, let me like,
2: ask you this: Do do you are you along with the rest of the Wizards fans that feel like he's hurting the team at this point, and you're having buyer's remorse? That's kind of what I want to get at.
3: Okay, so I think he's hurting the flow and chemistry of the team because of the shots that he's taking and the, and the moments in which he's taking the shots. If those shots fall, then yeah, they're good shots, right? But they're getting them out of rhythm, and then they don't they don't have they don't play defense. So now, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm, it, it's a five point swing. I shoot a bad three, they come down and either take a, a transition three or get a layup. You understand yeah, what I'm saying? So na- so I'm now losing by twenty. And you and you don't start. He has to play within the flow of the offense. But this is, and I will leave you this because you made some great points today. I've been listening to you all day. I will leave you this. I do not think that Wes Unsell Jr. is able to coach
4: basketball. (laughs) I might be wrong. Oh my god!
2: (laughs) I got to look at the Junkies rundown. He may be on the Junks tomorrow. So there's that. Him and
3: Ron Rivera need to have tea time together, bro. I'm <laughs> telling you, because I didn't three to four years of it. And listen, last year he brought his guys in. Right, this is what you didn't mention. Mm-hmm. He brought his guys in from the Nuggets last year. Oh, these three, they know yes. my system. <laughs> them, them guys got shit both.
2: Yeah, and Monte's a backup for the Detroit Pistons. Come Mom, on. appreciate the call as always. We're up against it. One eight hundred six three six. is the number. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P. Getting you primed for Thursday Night Football. We got it right here on The Fan. Coming up at 7.30. Top of the 7 o'clock hour. We'll switch gears a little bit. We'll take your calls on the Wizards if you have them. Big question I want to pose out about the Washington Commanders. We've really been talking about it all day long here on The Fan, it feels like. I'm going to address the speculation (laughs) that's been rising here locally. And I think I deserve a little bit of credit for that speculation being brought to the forefront. When we come back, I'll tell you why a playoff push will buy Ron Rivera one more season here in our nation's capital. That's next here on The Fan. one 800 636 1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor Lister lines. It's the youngest in charge of movement, Lynel Willingham. Taking you up to 730 before we dish the rock to our coverage, excuse me, Westwood One's coverage of Thursday Night Football. Bears in Panthers. Yeah, I know. Sucks. But we get to have football tonight.
1: Like you said at the beginning of the show, why do the Bears get so many primetime games? They came here last or like a couple Thursdays ago. They were on Sunday Night Football last weekend. They're on Monday night next weekend.
2: You got to relax, man. They're a terrible team. We talked about it, though. It's the Justin Fields effect. Hey, all offseason doing overtime. You were here with me. How many times did we talk about, hmm, is this going to be the year Justin Fields wins the MVP? <laughs> of course not. But they, that's why they made the rule that you can flex these games now. They better they better get in the gym and keep flexing, Mike Marr, because this is frustrating, to say the least. Uh... So yeah, now you know Thursday Night Football, Bears and Panthers, not that exciting. But speaking of the National Football League, I want to talk a little bit of Manders before we get out of here. The debate that has been, or the idea that has been going on here locally for the past 72 hours, I would say. We talked about this at nauseum on some huh, late Wednesday nights in the offseason about what if. Sam Howell plays really well this year and establishes himself as the long-term answer at quarterback. If that was to happen, what would it mean for the future of one Ronald Eugene Rivera? A.K.A. Titanic Ron. I kid. Based on what I'm hearing from the fans, based on what I'm hearing from my colleagues, maybe I'm just the craziest lunatic here in town tell me if i'm wrong here if he is the guy talking about ron i'm the guy remember last year thursday night football carson wentz i'm the guy if ron rivera is the guy that solves this franchise's biggest problem over the past 20 years if he's the guy that solves that problem how in the hell do you look him in the face and say ah sorry bro I don't want you back here next year. Are you kidding? I mean, a broken clock is right twice a day. Oh, Eminem, I get that. I get that. Now, I get that so much so that we probably should just turn the lights off and end the show because that's really what it is, right? A broken clock can be right twice a day, right? That's I know the old adage. But to say that would ignore all of the other good things Ron Rivera's done here in D.C., Do I need to bring out my long list? It's not that long. But, you know, I've had this conversation so many times with so many different people. Our program director, Chris Kennard, every time I ever brought it up to him, he looked at me like I had three damn heads. And now look at us. Going into Seattle in what is the biggest game of the season. Hell, the biggest game of the Ron Rivera era. Let's call it what it is. That'll be my sentiment, by the way, for the rest of the season. That every game moving forward is the biggest game of the season. If they go to Seattle and win on Sunday, those whispers about Ron Rivera keeping uh, his job past this year are going to start turning into screams. Because I'm telling you, that's the best way I could put it, man. How do you get rid of a guy that is responsible for bringing you your savior? Because according to you all, Sam Howell is the savior of this Washington Commanders franchise. I get why you all feel that way. But y'all going to hate on me and say I'm hating on Sam? No. As a as a organization, as a fan base, we have been starved of good quarterback play here for so long that when we see any semblance of competence, we act like he's Tom Brady. This is not to try to slight Sam Howell at all. I have eight weeks left to make a declaration, to make a decision on, on whether or not he's going to be the guy moving forward. Let's call it what it is, right? He's had two good games in a row for the first time this year. Anyone who wants to argue that with me, you can tweet at me till you're blue in the fingers. I was going to say blue in the face. N-E-L-L underscore BCP for anyone who would like to go back and forth about that. This two-week stretch that we're in right now with Sam Howe is the only two-week stretch in which we've gotten back-to-back good to elite performances from him. Right. That being said, if they if the offense has turned a corner like I think they have, and I think Sunday against New England, while it was only 20 points, I think seeing the philosophical changes being made offensively with Eric Biennemi leaning into the quick passing game, which we thought was going to be how this offense operated from the get-go, the last two weeks they've made changes. But it's not just about the play calling changes to me. I think Sam Howell, in his mental clock, I think Sam Howell and just his awareness within the pocket is a hell of a lot better. He got sacked, what, three times on Sunday. If this was a month ago, he probably goes down six times, right? So he's getting better. I say all that to say this. Sam Howell would not be the starter here in Washington if it wasn't for Ron Rivera. So so for those of you that think Ron Rivera should be axed Canned, no matter what, you're kind of crazy to me. And I'm no Ron Rivera backer. I understand the major flaws that Ron Rivera, the general manager, has had. I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. When you have 12 seasons as an NFL head coach and you finished above 500 just three times in those 12 years, you do not deserve complete autonomy over the entire organization. But he's got that. If Sam Howell, Proves himself to be the guy moving forward. Maybe there is an idea or a conversation to be had about. Maybe you take Ron's GM powers away and keep him as the head coach because he's under contract for one more year. You don't want to pay a guy to sit on his couch. What say you guys, though, man? I want to hear from the people. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. Should Ron Rivera's job security be tied to the success of Sam Howell for the final eight weeks of the season? one 800 636 106.7 is number one final timeout. We'll run through your calls next on the fan.
1: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. See you lined up on the phone lines. 1-800-636-1067 is the number if you're still trying to get in couple more spots left. We'll run through these calls. About six or seven minutes left in the show before we dish the rock to Thursday Night Football. Westwood One's coverage of it. You can hear it right here on the fan starting at 7.30. Question at hand, pretty simple. We've been talking about it here locally the past 72 hours or so. If you're a mark of the youngest in Charge movement, you know we've been talking about this since the summer because this was a possibility always. Should Ron Rivera's job security moving forward be tied to the success of Sam Howell, the final eight games of the season. And Mike Maher had the line that everyone's been hitting. A broken clock is right twice a day. I want to go through some other moves here in the Ron Rivera era that I think may help his case. You can talk about culture all you want. I've slammed their culture. Every, anytime you get Chase Young lining up in the two-point stands doing whatever the hell he wants, anytime Landon Collins tells you what position he's going to play and not going to play, your culture's probably not that good. But some things that do point to a good culture, the fact that Terry McLaurin was willing to sign a long-term extension here, the fact that Deron Payne and John Allen were willing to sign long-term extensions here, that says something about the culture and the environment that Ron has created in that building. Has it resulted in success? Not necessarily, but I do think the franchise is better off than it was when Ron took over. So there's that, and like I said, when you're under 500 and nine of your 12 seasons on the job, I really don't have much to say to try and defend you. But knowing the situation Washington is in as a franchise, if Sam Howell, this is the ultimate hypothetical, if Sam Howell ultimately proves the final eight games of the year that he is the guy moving forward, I just don't know how you look a guy in the face and say, "Yeah, thanks for everything, but uh, see ya." And that's that's kind of what we're asking for here, Shooty. Out in D.C., what's going on, Judy? How you doing, man? Hello? Judy, you there, bro? Uh, Hello? You you there? Judy's probably got himself on mute. We're going to put him back on hold. Tim is in D.C. What's going on, Tim? Brother LeVeux, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. How you doing, Tim?
4: I'm doing pretty good. You know what? Hey, man, let's not push that narrative, please, because (laughs) I'm serious, man. Ron Rivera, man, this has been a reoccurring nightmare, for the last four and a half, almost five years, man, this guy, his success is not—I mean, his uh, job status should not hinge on Sam Howe, because Sam Howe has been tutored and nurtured by Eric Bienenme. Now, I'm
2: sure, um, Tim, not, you know, to off, not to cut you off, not cut you off, Tim, uh-huh. but why is uh-huh. Eric Bienenme here,
4: Ron? Because he made a terrible—he made a terrible <laughs> mistake by hiring North uh, North Turner's son. Yeah. And I agree. I'm telling you, and look, and, and, and at Ron's detri- to Ron's detriment, he held on too long, two to Scott Turner, and he's doing the same thing and has done the same thing with Jack Bum Del Rio, okay? <laughs> you listen to all the gas that Ron has made over the years. Let's let you know that this game has passed him by, man. That game in Philadelphia, that game against Philadelphia, when he didn't throw the challenge, that was it for me, Linell mm. That guy's got to go, man. He's hate- got to go. It's two. Too little, too late, man. I mean, if this is what we – look, we made the playoffs that first year because my default – Tim, everybody real quick, answer was,
2: this, then I got to let you go. You, are you not willing to bring him back in any capacity, not even as an executive? Only to work in the concession stand, man. That's it. <laughs> Tim, I appreciate the call. Jared is in Rockville. Y'all harsh, man. I'm telling y'all. What's going on, Jared? Hey, thanks for
3: taking my call. I appreciate yes, it. Yes, sir. So – just like Tim was saying, if, if, if Josh Harris is really talking about, I want to give this team back to the fans, I want to listen to y'all, there is no way he can bring Ron Rivera back. I mean, you could do a show for 24 straight hours with phone calls nonstop. There's no chance you would find someone to call in to say, oh, yeah, Ron Rivera should be our coach next year. So if you do that, my goodness, could you imagine the fan base reacting to that? A... And B, here's my concern. Mm-hmm. If you get rid of Rivera, does that mean the enemy's gone too? Does that mean Sam well, Howell's the gonna thing. have a third right? Does that mean that Howell's gonna have a third regime in three years, a third system? I mean we know how that goes, we saw that with Jason Campbell, we saw that with LeVar Harrington. Yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't work out. It's such a
2: it's such a tough situation right and Jared, now. Jared, bro, and on Jared, that's why I'm bringing him back. That's why I'm bringing him back so I keep the continuity and I appreciate the call. If they do bring Ron and company back for year five and you keep Eric Biennium, you keep Sam Howe, and you give him an audition, he's still auditioning at that point to be the guy long term. He'll have one more year left on his contract after next year. And if he bottoms out and, and you don't see the progress you can make, you can fire the guys in season. But I think keeping as much continuity as possible for Sam – is important if you actually believe he's the guy. Now, this is how fickle Sports Talk Radio is and how crazy our job is. He could go out Sunday on the road against Seattle and look like complete garbage, and guess what I'm going to be doing next week? (laughs) Told you. all We may have to look at another quarterback. We don't have to make that decision right now. we still got eight weeks. I thought last week was going to be rough for him. He proved me wrong. Will he prove me wrong again? Because Seattle, we all know it one of the most difficult places to play in all the National Football League. EB talked about it today during his presser. The speed that they have defensively is going to present challenges for Washington, man. Doug in Potomac. What's going on, Doug?
3: Hey, buddy. How you doing, man?
2: I'm good, man. How are you?
3: Good. Um, look, I think if Josh Harris has someone that he's in love with that he wants to bring in, then kind of it's hard to argue against that. But I will say that if Rivera can make it if he can make, take the team to the playoffs, that's two out of four years. Three of those years were under the Dan Snyder regime, mm-hmm. and I don't think we should forget about how difficult that was with right. all of the distractions, right? That was a total mess. And, so, and, and look, I think Sam Howell is legit. I think he is a franchise quarterback. He's going to throw for 4,000 yards this year. He's going to have over 20 touchdowns. The team's rallied around him. I like Eric Eric, Enemy's play calling. Well, Doug, guess what? I don't know if you
2: heard the last caller. You're the one guy calling in to defend, Ron. I appreciate the call as always, Doug. Dave in South Carolina is how we will end it before we dish the rock to Thursday Night Football. Real quick, Dave, what do you think?
4: Uh, To quote you, it's ludicrous. Because
2: if it wasn't for (laughs) Heineke, they would have never known Sam Howell was actually a good player. Yeah, Dave, appreciate the call. Thursday Night Football coming up next
5: right here on The Fan.